You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read, actually I think I put it up on the, uh, on the board. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. You can follow me either on the screen or in, on your phones or your iPads or your actual Bible. Um, but Acts 16, verse, verse Acts 3, verse 1. One afternoon, and I'm going to kind of stop a little bit as I go through, and then we're going to come back and hit one specific uh, thing that I want to talk to us about tonight. But in fact, let's pray first. Father, uh, thank you for your word. And uh, Holy Spirit, we invite you uh, to come and speak your word, Lord, speak it to our hearts, um, Lord, open our hearts and our minds and our spirit to what you want to say, Lord. We just pray for your anointing to come and speak, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the three o'clock prayer, as I, when I, I encourage you also, when you're reading the Bible, slow down. You're not trying to, you're not in a rush to get through, okay? You with me? I catch myself doing that sometimes. I, I've told y'all before, I'll read this. There's a book called the Chronological Bible, and it literally takes the Bible and doesn't put it in the order that, that we have it in just normal, but it puts it in chronological order. So when you're reading, like if you're in, like where First Kings is at, and maybe you're talking to about Elijah, well, there'll be two or three chapters that you're reading in First Kings, and then in Chronicles, and then in uh, you know, Samuel, and then it'll, and then maybe you get to David's life, and you'll be reading, and it'll jump over to Psalms and give you some of the Psalms that David wrote. But, but it's written in such a way that it goes chronologically, but it's also geared to where if you read through it every day on the dates, that you'll actually read through the Bible every year, which is a good thing. You know, with me? That's that's actually a good thing to happen. But if you're not careful, I catch myself if I'm not careful getting in a hurry. I, I pretty much speed read anyway if I'm reading a regular book. And I have to, I, I mean, even if I'm reading just a fiction book, sometimes I just make myself slow down. I'm not in a hurry to finish this thing. So it's the same thing with the Word of God. When you're reading it, just read it. Let, let the Holy Spirit speak to you and then ask questions. You know, I mean, you're going through there. It's like, I wonder why he said that. What's the purpose of this? And and, and God will reveal that to you. But anyways, you know, I'm reading this. I, what hits me is like, okay, Paul and John are going to the temple for the 3 o'clock prayer. Okay, so apparently they had a what? They had a what? A daily, at least, at least it seems like on this particular day, there was a scheduled prayer meeting at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, what, what kind of struck me about that is this. Sometimes I think... Sometimes there's a tendency, especially for those of us that have been raised in, in more of a formal church, traditional, religious setting where they did this, 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 and this, and it was kind of all formatted and laid out, and you had to follow this plan. Some of us, when we got filled with the Spirit, or, or we started going to things like the Vineyard Church, we were like, oh man, this is, this is cool, we don't have this... There's not a, there's not an, it's kind of, more, it's spontaneous. You with me? That kind of becomes the, that's like, that became the, the maybe cool words, not the word, but what's the word I'm looking for? The, um, anyway, that became kind of the word of, if you're really spiritual and you go to a really spiritual church, 
It's spontaneous. And it's not planned. And you come and you just you sing and you just wait and, and you go with the flow of the Spirit. And, and there's really nothing scheduled, okay? The problem with that is... <laughs> There's some reality where we want to do that, but there's also things, apparently they had a set time that they were going to meet together and pray. You tracking with me? So at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they're coming together to pray. And it says this, they came together, they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate. This is again Peter and John minding their own business, coming to the temple to spend some time praying. And look what it says. It says, I love how the TP, the Passion says it says they were what? As they were going along, they were what? Captured. They were captured. They were ca- let me finish reading that. They were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance of the temple. Again, Peter and John are I mean, they're probably just conversing, talking, going along, hey man, what's been happening? And and all of a sudden, as they they walk in, they they the terminology that the translation here says is there they were captured by this man that was sitting there. You with me? Now, how many of you have ever been captured? In other words, you're you're just walking along. Steve talks about this a lot when he feels like the Holy Spirit's showing him something. But you're just going along, and all of a sudden you see somebody, and and there's something about that person that you see there's something that that God highlights them in some way and you and it's kind of like almost you can't look away you're, you're just going along and you notice them and maybe it's in the grocery store maybe have you ever happened where you're in a grocery store and you're going along and all of a sudden this one person you you kind of just you make eye contact and you look at them and, and there's something that is kind of there's like a little tug in your heart I don't know any other way to explain it but you you know that's kind of you know so Maybe you, maybe you don't do anything right then. You're going along, and two hours over, you bump into the same person again. And you just happen to, again, make eye contact. And it's that sense where, where the Holy Spirit, if we'll pay attention, you with me? If we'll pay attention while we're going through life, the Holy Spirit will, will put somebody there, and, and, and they'll capture your attention. Does that make sense to you? If you read this, you'll recognize this guy has been placed at this spot in this temple to get prayer, to beg for, for his whole life. So he's probably, I'm guessing, okay, it doesn't say there, but I'm, I'm guessing Peter and John on other days have probably walked right by this guy. I'm not stretching that, would you think? The fact is, I wouldn't, again, it doesn't say this. I'm just, I'm just thinking. <laughs> I do that every now and then. I know, I know. You see the smoke come out if you're not careful. But I wouldn't be surprised if that same guy was there when Jesus walked by. Might have been. Might have been. But something about this time captured them and it was the holy spirit that spoke to peter and john when they looked at this guy there was something about him there was that the holy spirit highlighted to them pay attention to this guy so basically this is what they said they were captured by a sight he was often brought there to beg for money so apparently again he'd been there often doing this for people going to worship when he noticed peter and john going into the temple he begged them for money he wanted what He wanted silver and gold. He wanted money. Again, Peter and John looking straight into the eyes of this crippled man. What did Peter and John do? 
They're walking along. They're what? Come on, talk to me. They're walking along and they what happens? They see something. They're captured. Their eyesight. This guy speaks out. Okay, he says something to them, starts begging them, and then what do they do? They ignore him? Yeah, but look what it says they did. They did what? They looked at what? They looked him straight in the eyes. You know what most of the people on the side of those roads, I know they want money and they want help, but most people, most homeless people, most people that are poor, what they want is somebody that pays attention to them. Somebody that will look them in the eye. You know what our tendency is? Have you ever been walking down the road and see somebody, or maybe you're walking in the mall, or you're walking out to the, your car, and you, you just happen to notice and see somebody there, and you know from experience this person is probably homeless, and they're probably going to want something from you. And so our tendency, if we're not careful... Is to what? Go the other way. Walk across the road. In fact, is remember the story that Jesus shares about the Good Samaritan? Remember that story? The guy's beat up. He's telling a story. And who comes along? A preacher. A, a preacher. <laughs> a preacher comes along. And what's he do? Yeah, have a good day. Ignores him, basically. And then who else comes along? A scholar. And then who else comes along? I think three different ones, right? And then, and then the person that was a Samaritan, the good Samaritan, he comes along and he takes care of the person. I mean, he goes, again, we don't want to be what? Inconvenienced. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll give them something. If, but to take the time to stop... And actually, I, I, I've told you all this story about it, and I encourage you to get the book. There's a book out by these two young guys. It's called Living Under the Overpass. And I think they were in their 20s at the time. But they spent six months literally living as a homeless person under the overpass so they could experience what people experience that are living that lifestyle. And one of the things they said at the end of the book that's always stuck out to me is they said the main thing that most people in that scenario want is somebody that will just stop and give them some attention. Stop, look them in the eye. Stop. And rather than just give them money, maybe even say, hey, let's go over here and have something to eat and sit down and actually eat with them. Talk to them. Spend some time just getting to know them. Have you ever actually just talked to a homeless person? I mean, you'll, you'll hear some crazy stories. I mean, it's really interesting. Some of them just some of them will tell you some stuff that just blow your mind, okay? But this one, this one, apparently Paul and and Peter and John, not Paul, he wasn't around yet. No, he wasn't yet. Peter and John pay attention. They're captivated by him. They're captured. They look him in the eyes, straight in the eyes. The guys wanting money, and he says, Peter and John say to him, "Look at us." And what was he expecting? Verse five. He's expecting a gift. So he readily gives them his attention. Kind of what the guy, this guy over here was just talking about. Steve, <laughs> look at us. Expecting a gift, he gave them attention. Then Peter said this, I don't have any money. Silver and gold, King James translates, have I none, but such as I have. But I'll give you this, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. 
I don't have any silver and gold. In fact, as I've heard, I read this a while back, and it's, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, somebody made this statement how the church today, we cannot say silver and gold have we none. Because so many churches have a lot. But neither can we say rise up in the name of Jesus and walk. It's kind of an indictment about where the church as a whole is at if we're not careful. We may have a lot of money, but are we walking in the power of the Holy Spirit? Are we able to say to somebody in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk? They look at him in the eye and they say, pay attention to us. Look at us. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Now pay attention to that because we're going to come back to that. Peter holds out. He not just tells him, and here's again, what do you think's happening? Peter and John are looking at him. The guy's probably reclined, maybe laying down against something. He can't walk. He's been, he's been crippled his life. He's a beggar begging for money. They come up to him, have a conversation with him, said, we can't give you any money. We don't have any. But in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They speak the word to him, and then what do they do? They reach out. Look what it says. Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man as he pulled the man to his feet. Suddenly, power surged into the crippled's feet and ankles. Now, if you read that, according to what that's saying, when did the guy get healed? When he stood up. It was, it was what? It was like an act of faith. You'll hear us talk sometimes about praying. That's what Steve's doing again when he's told this guy, step, see what's happening. It's, it's like... It's like acting on faith. That's called an act of faith. That's what Peter and John do. They didn't just speak it. Okay? They didn't just tell him, hey, get up. But they went over and they reached down and said, get up in the name of Jesus. And according to what this is saying, that's when he got healed. Suddenly the power surged into his feet and his angles. Then the man jumped up. <laughs> Put yourself here. Please don't. Again, don't just read the Bible. Put yourself there. When that's going on at this temple, this guy's getting chilled. He's pulled to his feet. Power surges into it. The man then does what? He jumps up. He stood there for a moment, stunned. <laughs> and then he began to walk around. I mean, just again, he's probably like, you know, testing it out. Is this real? You know, I've got strength there. And he's starting to walk around. First, he's stunned like, you know, what, what just happened? He felt something happen. He felt power coming to his feet and his ankles. And, and he, so he knew something had happened. But then he begins to walk. <laughs> and then he began to walk around. And he went from there into the temple of courts with Peter and John. And look what it says. He leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. Can you... The guy's probably ecstatic. Would you agree? I mean, he's not, he's not just some dead religious person at this point in time. God just healed him. He stands up. He's walking. The, all of a sudden, it dawns on him, I'm walking. I'm, I'm, and he's, he's probably looking beside him to lose I'm walking. And then all of a sudden, what's he do? He starts leaping and jumping and shouting. He says, I'm healed. And he's, getting, he's probably getting everybody else's attention around there. And they're looking at it because they what? Well, let's read it. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is just too good. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, began to walk around. As he went to the temple, he leapt for joy and shouted. Everybody say shouted. 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 <laughs> Praises. 
to God. When all the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorify God, they realized this was the crippled beggar that they had passed by in front of the beautiful gate. Now, you think maybe a sense of, of Shame maybe even came on them as they're thinking, hey, we just went by this guy. We probably didn't give him any money. But they recognized this was the guy that's been out there begging. All these years been out there begging. Astonishment then swept over the crowd, for they were amazed at what happened to him. Then, Peter doesn't miss a, a mess, mess, miss a chance to preach. Peter preaches to the crowd Dumbfounded over what they were witnessing, the crowd ran over to Peter and John, who were standing under the covered walkway called Solomon's Porch. Standing there also was this healed beggar clinging to Peter and John. With the crowd surrounding him, Peter says to them, People of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? We didn't make this crippled man walk by our own power authority. The God of our ancestors, the God of Abraham. They knew who Abraham was. Who they talk, who's he talking to here? A bunch of Jewish people at the temple. They knew Abraham. And so Peter's talking to them. The God of Abraham, you know, the God of Isaac and Jacob. He's the guy that's done this. For he's glorified his servant Jesus, the one... Hmm, boy... The one you denied to Pilate's face when he decided to release him, and you insisted that he be crucified. Peter ain't pulling any punches here, is he? You think he's probably speaking with a little authority. Whom you crucified. You rejected the one who was holy and righteous, and instead begged for a murderer. To be released. You killed <laughs> the prince of peace, the prince of life. But God raised him from the dead. And we stand here as witnesses to that fact. This wasn't a speculation. This is a fact. Many had seen Jesus' life living afterwards. He appeared, remember the other passage where it says he appeared to Peter and to John and the disciples and to 500 other people. At one place it says that Jesus appeared to them after the resurrection. It was, it was a fact Jesus was risen from the dead. That's what Peter's saying to these people that crucified Christ. Verse 16, faith in Jesus' name, remember Jesus' name, that's what we're going to talk about. I'm saying all this to come to that. Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It is faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made the crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. Now jump to Acts chapter 4, verse 7. This is going to all tie together. This now, immediately what happens between verses 1 and or the end of chapter 3 and the first six verses of Acts, they start questioning Peter and John. They actually come and, and arrest them. And, and this is after they've been arrested, verse 7. Then Peter and John stand in front of the council that's questioning them. They're asking Peter and John, how did you do this? What did you do? Who, whose name did you do this in? So Peter and John says to them, tell, t or they're asking him, tell us by what power and authority you have done these things. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, 
key right there. <laughs> Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered and said, Respected elders, leaders of the people, listen. Are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well then, you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus. Remember they asked them by what power and authority you did this in? He's answering now. It's by power in the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. Again, you crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. This Jesus, the one that you crucified, this Jesus is the stone that you, the builders, have rejected and has now become the cornerstone. Verse 12, there is no one else who has the power to save us, for there is only one name to whom God has given authority by which we must experience salvation, the name of Jesus. I want us to talk a minute about this name of Jesus. After I have a swallow of water. Jesus is a name that's been uttered in anger. It's a name that's been used for cursing. It's been a name that's been used to worship. Because I read this statistic, it just blew me away. And in January of 2011, this is a statistic. The name Jesus was searched for on Google over 16 million times. This is 2,000 years after Jesus has been crucified and, and resurrected. And the name Jesus is still in the forefront of the world. People are still trying to figure out, who's this man, Jesus? I mean, is that crazy? 16 million times in one month in January. Jesus, now I want you to start paying attention. We're going to do a little more teaching here than preaching. I never have figured out what the difference is, but y'all, sounds good, doesn't it? Huh? The volume, that's what it is. If I get louder, you'll know I went from teaching to preaching. How's that? Jesus, the name Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, -S, is not some magical word. You with me? And I want y'all to pay attention to this. We're going we're going to get a little deeper than normal in here. The word Jesus, the name J, it's spelled E S U S, is not just some magical word. There's actually there's nothing special about just the arrangement of those letters that spell the name Jesus. In fact, is you understand that that for us the name Jesus J U S U S is a translation into English from a Greek language or, or, or Aramaic language that was Yeshua, but we, we say the name Jesus. Are you following me? So just the, that's an English, there's, there's people all over the world that when they're talking about Jesus, the person, they use a different name. Are you with me? They're saying it differently. They're speaking it differently. They spell it Differently, they're using their language, their alphabet. So just literally, the name J-U-S-U-S is not some magical term. You can't just, somebody that just knows nothing about Jesus, that's not following him, they can't just throw out this name, 
Jesus and expect something to happen. It's kind of like having a big Bible on your coffee table and think that's going to keep the demons out of your house. <laughs> right? Or having a cross, a cruci- having, a something, having a picture. All those things are great and wonderful, but that doesn't keep demons out of your house. It's walking under the authority and the power of the name of Jesus as a follower of Christ that keeps the demons out of your house and out of you <laughs> and out of anybody else that you want to get rid of them in. Tracking with me? It's, the, it's a name, and the fact is, in the New Testament time, and still in many cultures today, the actual name of a person literally stood for the attributes of who that person was. In fact, if you remember, we've, we've done studies here on the name of God, using the name Jehovah, and we said there's, there's many, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, there's attributes, but the, it's a hyphen word. Jehovah, uh, Jehovah Nisi is a name of God. Who knows what Jehovah Nisi is? It's what? Lord, our victory. Another one's Jehovah slash Shalom. That's God is our, or the Lord is our peace. That's an easy one. Um, how about Jehovah Rophe? R-O-P-H-E, Jehovah Rophe, God is our, what? Healer. Healer. <laughs> uh, what's another one? Hmm? Jehovah Jireh, which is God our provider. But all of those are names of God, but they're, they're names that stand for what? Who God is. The names that stand for his attribute, who he is. God is those things. It's not, it's not God just has that name. God is our healer. God is our provider. God is those things. Well, the name Jesus literally in, the, in, in that age, and I guess still today, literally means what? Jesus in, in the New Testament meant what in our translation? What? God saves. Yes, give the lady a gold star. <laughs> when, do we, when did that happen? When, when do we know that that word means God saves? When do we first see that in Scripture? Come on. Get your Bibles. <laughs> this is trivia. When, no, no. Yes, the angel told Mary to call him what? His name will be called Jesus for what? He will, he will save his people. That's what it means. Man, y'all are so good. At least a couple of you are. <laughs> then anyway, the name of Jesus, what I'm trying to get you to understand here is this. that The name of Jesus isn't some magical term that we can just, we get in trouble and we just say the word Jesus. That means absolutely nothing. What Jesus is saying here, when, we, when Peter and John were there, and they were saying to this guy, in the name of Jesus, they weren't using it as magic. What they're saying is, we stand, as followers of Christ, we stand in the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. That's who we are. And because we have his authority and we have his power, we can say to you, rise up and walk. Amen, Bob. <laughs> it's kind of like um, it, it's it's kind of like if, if we have a um, uh, an ambassador 
from America. You're, let's say you're the ambassador to Israel. We have an ambassador in Israel, right? That ambassador in Israel, they have a place called what? The embassy. The embassy actually belongs to who? The country that owns No. The country that is that embassy. So our embassy in Israel, that property is actually considered the United States property. You tracking with me? The ambassador that comes in, in to that country as an ambassador of America, that ambassador stands in the what? In the authority of the country that he's representing. The guy by himself could be some little, I don't know, old, skinny, little, dried up. What? Right. <laughs> so, are you tracking with me? I mean, the guy may not be able to bench press 60 pounds. Okay, but he stands, when he stands and he's representing the USA, he stands in the authority of the USA, which used to mean a whole lot <laughs> and still does mean a lot. Him and his Marines, that's right. When you and I stand in the name of Jesus, we're not Peter and John say, it's not by our power we did this, it's not by our authority we did this. We did this in the name as ambassadors, aren't we called ambassadors somewhere in the scripture? We're ambassadors of Christ, so we stand, and when I tell somebody, it's, I'm, be healed in the name of Jesus, or I'm trying to cast the demon out, and I tell it, leave in the name of Jesus, it's not just J-E-S-U-S, it's, -E it's the fact that I'm standing on authority and power because I'm a follower of Christ, and Jesus said, if I remember correctly somewhere, in fact, this is Matthew 28, 19, and 20, that he gives us what? All Authority and power. So we can stand as his ambassadors in his name under his authority and his power. You ought to be going, amen, that's good stuff, Bob. Amen, good stuff. <laughs> uh, the name Jesus stands for, for who he is. In other words, it's what he did. It's, it, it, the, the name of Jesus stands for everything that Jesus accomplished if Jesus had come to earth and did nothing then we wouldn't be talking about the name of Jesus right now you understand I mean there, you understand that in Spanish there's a bunch of people that are called Jesus which is basically our English for Jesus I've actually I actually have a friend that's in Cape Coral his name is Jesus and on my phone it's spelled J-U-S-U-S, -S, so when he calls me, it comes up Jesus. And I'm like, all right, Jesus is calling me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it always cracks me up every time I see it. But anyway, that's, that's who we're standing for. All right, let's, let's go on. In John, in John chapter 16, verse 23 and 24, Jesus makes this statement. At that time, you'll need to ask me for, you won't need to ask me for anything. I'll tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly, and he will grant you your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Jesus, again, he's not just saying, hey, the name Jesus is going to get you everything you want. That's right. But it, it means you're coming, you, literally though, you are coming to the Father, what Jesus is saying, you come to Him under whose authority and power? Jesus. 
So basically, you kind of come like you're coming in his stead. You're coming in his place. In a sense, maybe I shouldn't record this part because it sounds like heresy. But, but in a sense, you're coming as Jesus. Does that make sense to you? I mean, when I stand in his authority and his power, I'm standing as he is. Him in me, obviously. I, I hope y'all. I hope y'all are grasping the difference there. I'm not saying we're Jesus, but in a sense, we are Jesus. You need to you need to think on that for a while. Get get that spinning around in your brain. So praying in Jesus' name means we pray with His authority, so we can ask the Father in the in the authority of Jesus. Luke in Luke ten it says this. This is again Jesus says, "Look, I get, I have given you authority over." Some of the power of the enemy. <laughs> it says all up there, doesn't it? Wow, I must have wrote it down wrong. <laughs> I've given you, this guy's dogs, let that sink in. I mean, just let it resonate inside you for a minute. Jesus is saying, I've given you all, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. In other words, Jesus is saying there's nothing the enemy can do that I haven't given you authority over him. Yes, sure. I have clutter in my mind when I'm reading the Bible and trying to pray. The devil's just got all kinds of things. Keep saying the word Jesus, the name of Jesus, and chases it away, and then I can pay attention. It kind of feels magical, but it's not. So help me out. I don't. Well, if if you're just somebody that doesn't know Jesus, that isn't standing his and his power and his authority, could use the same word Jesus, and it wouldn't mean a thing. You can use the name Jesus because you're a follower of his. You've given his life to you. He's filled you with his Holy Spirit. So you use the name Jesus. You're saying, I'm standing in the authority of Christ. I'm standing, I got the badge, but he's backing me up. Does that make sense? It's like, I, remember, how many of you remember this, um, in Acts? I think it's, um, where is it at? 11? Somewhere in Acts. <laughs> Remember the sons of Sceva? Who remembers who they were? Somebody tell me who the sons of Sceva were in Acts. I think, was it 11 or 19? Somewhere in Acts. <laughs> the sons of Sceva, who remembers who they were? Uh, somebody needs to find it. Who is it? These were a group of guys that were trying to use the name of Jesus to, to get rid of a, a, a demon. However... They really weren't operating in the authority, and the demons attacked them. Okay. Somebody found it yet? 19. Man, am I good or what? I said it was 11 or 19. I had it half right. Can you, is nine, can you, it's like only eight verses. Carol, you feel comfortable just to read that? Can you read it out loud? No. Somebody, huh? 11 through 20. Chapter 19, 11 through 20. or face towels or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick and their diseases left them. Traveling Jewish exorcists also attempted to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I implore you and solemnly command you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. 
Seven sons of one named Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. But the evil spirit retorted, I know and recognize and acknowledge Jesus, and I know about Paul, but as for you, who are you? Then the man in whom was the evil spirit leapt on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they ran out of that house in terror, stripped naked and wounded. This became known to all who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, and fear fell upon them, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified and exalted. <laughs> so what happened? These seven, apparently seven sons of this guy named Sceva, they're coming and they're dealing with this person who has demons in them. And yeah, they're, they think, so they start, who's, whose name are they using? They're using the name of... Yeah, but who's, Paul knew, the one Paul knew, but whose name did they actually use? They said, they were telling this demon in the name of Jesus, come out. Whom Paul preaches. So in other words, what's it saying? They didn't what? They didn't know Jesus. They weren't believers. They weren't followers of Christ. They didn't have his authority. But they were trying to use the name as a what? Like a magic name. If we use, what do you, apparently they'd been following Paul around and seen Paul cast demons out of somebody and tell them to leave, and he used the name of Jesus. So they thought, hell, uh, cute, man, we can, get, we can get in on that. Let's try it. We'll use the name Jesus. So they go to this guy that's apparently got probably numerous demons and tells them, hey, in the name of Jesus, come out. <laughs> and I love, the demon answers them and says what? I know Jesus, and I know Paul. I mean, the who the heck are you? <laughs> I mean, can you see the, I mean, it probably wasn't humorous at the time, but I mean, God, there's so much there. We could just preach on that. I mean, can you, I mean, how, what's, I don't even have a word to describe it, but how cool would it be? Maybe cool is not the word. How awesome would it be that, <laughs> To, for them, for these demons to make this statement, <laughs> Paul, I know, <laughs> they knew who Paul was. Bob, I know. <laughs> Rock, I know. Carol, I know. Lee, I know. I mean, <laughs> talking about having an influence, Sharon, absolutely. <laughs> they know Sharon because Sharon's, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you tracking with me? I remember Leonard Ravenhill. I don't. I don't suggest you listen to him. He was a pretty much a hellfire and brimstone kind of guy. That's who I was raised under <laughs> listening to. And uh, huh? I listened to him last time. Uh, he can preach. Little little bit of judgment in there with his preaching, but um, one of his statements was, he says, I. I want to be known in hell. I want to be known in hell. I mean, that's, that's what these demons are saying about Paul. They knew him. They knew Jesus, but they didn't. We don't know you, you seven guys. You're just trying to, and you, the, again, it's nearly not humorous, but it's kind of humorous. They did come out <laughs> of the guy. <laughs> not quite the way they had it expected. <laughs> Their experience was, yeah, yeah. But they, 
I mean, they fled naked. The guy beat them up and fled naked. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, you can use the name Jesus, but if you're not walking under the authority and the power and the, of the Holy Spirit of Jesus living in you as, as a follower of Christ and, and you're walking in, in his strength and his ability, just the word Jesus really won't mean a whole bunch. It, it's, it's him in you. Using Jesus means I'm using his authority. I'm standing in his name. That's what it means. I'm standing as Jesus in his name telling you to come out, telling you to be healed, telling you to rise up and walk. It's his name that causes this to happen. Praying in Jesus' name means that we pray and and with with in line with or in with the character of who Jesus is and his will. Jesus, even in that time, was a very common name. But what set Jesus of Nazareth apart was who he was. It's who he was. Colossians says this, In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Christ was God. God was all the fullness of the deity in bodily form. Hebrews 1.3 says this, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. You've heard me say before, if your image of God the Father is any different than what your image of Jesus is, you have a faulty image of the Father. Jesus is the, see, I had that. I was raised with that. Whoop. Look at there. I, I was, I had, I spent much of my Christian life raised with this image of a mean, angry father and a son that loved me. <laughs> That's how, that was, that was my mentality of who God was. This verse says, if, if Jesus was this, if everywhere Jesus went, he healed. Everywhere Jesus went, he forgave. If Jesus loved on the sinners, if Jesus did these things, that he's representing, he's the, in fact, as Hebrews said, he's the exact representation of God, of the Father. So when I look at Jesus, I see Dad. <laughs> that's who I should see. And I think that's, man, what a word that needs to get out. Because I'm telling you, the majority of Christendom, at least in the Western culture in America, doesn't believe that. They've not been taught that. They've been taught, that's why 75%, I've read that statistic to you guys before from USA, it says 75% of, of people in America believe God is an angry, mad, author, authoritarian God that's out to judge them. That's their image of who God is. Where do you think they got that from? <laughs> Not the Bible. He's the exact representation. The name of Jesus, the one who came to save his people, to save us from our sins. In fact, his Acts in chapter 2, 21, and in Romans 10, 13 says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That word is, who knows, in the Greek? Sozoed. 
Man, y'all are smart. Everyone who does what? Calls on the name of the Lord. We call on him. Shall be sozoed. Sozo can be translated many places. It's translated saved. Many places it's translated healed. Many places the same word, sozo, is translated delivered. So it literally can mean whoever calls on the name of the Lord. All these things are part of that. We can be saved, healed, and delivered. Not just saved from our sin. That's all I knew, again, for most of my life as a Christian, is I, could, I was saved from my sins. Just the past ones at that. <laughs> Scripture says, I've been saved from my sins. My sin nature has been dealt with. It's gone, eradicated. I just listened to... Actually, something this morning my brother had sent me. He was, um, it was, it was a um, YouTube thing of, of Indian American Indian proverbs. <laughs> I don't know why he sent it to me, but anyway, some of them were pretty good. But one of them was was this thing of basically the what he this proverb was that you there's an old man there's a um, how was our terminology? Our terminology would be old man the flesh and the new man the spirit of christ in you and that wasn't the terminology he used i wish i could think of but anyway that's that's the image the old guy the, the old flesh that's in us and the new guy when we got saved lives in us and how many times have you heard this whichever one you feeds is the one that's going to go strong you ever heard that <laughs> yeah yeah Absolutely. Whichever one you feed is the one that's going to come out. That's going to be the strong one. Now, again, there's some reality to that and some truth to that, but that's not biblical. Okay? When we got saved, the old dog got killed. <laughs> Amen? Paul said, I've been what? Crucified, which means what? Dead. Killed. Dead. killed. I've been crucified with Christ. I'm dead. That's his old man he's talking about, his sin nature. Read Romans 6, 7, and 8. I'm in, it's been killed. I'm crucified. Nevertheless, I live. Not, I don't live, but who? He who lives in me. It's Christ in me, and I'm now alive. Romans says, who, and Acts both, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 12, I'm closing with this. Actually, I'm not. Two more verses. Philippians <laughs> chapter 2 says this, that at the name of Jesus... Again, we know that's more than what? Just saying the word, just pronouncing the word Jesus. It's in his authority and his power. At that name, at the power and the authority of Christ, every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God and the Father. Proverbs 18.10 says this, The name of the Lord is a strong fortress, the godly run into him and are safe. <laughs> I love that. The name of the Lord, the name of Jesus is a strong fortress. We run to him and we are safe. We're saved. We're delivered. We're healed. Amen. I want you to grasp, because sometimes you hear this, people, people will, the way they say it makes it sound like there's some kind of power or some kind of magical sense of this name, Jesus. And that's not what the Scripture is teaching. The power and the strength is in Him. Okay? And when we use His name, we're saying, this is what Jesus is saying. 
It's in his authority and his power and his strength that he says this. We are his ambassadors. I love that image of being an ambassador of Christ. We're speaking for him. We're speaking in his authority and his power, not in our own. We don't have any. You don't have any. Try it in yourself and those seven those demons are going to jump on you and you'll run off naked. Isn't that right? In the name of Jesus and the power. That doesn't mean you've got to be scared of them. It just means you go under his authority, not in your own. His strength and not in your own. Let's stand up. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.